Blog Talk Radio. And now, live from the IMLD Home Studio, in its seventh season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Yeah, we are in the house and ready for another football party. Only 90 minutes this time, not the full two hours, but that's okay. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you all for joining us. We are here live on a Saturday night, November the 30th, 2019. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope the turkey was good wherever you were. Or if you're uh, vegan, then hope your your tofu was tasty, I guess. Uh, Jay, we had uh, our football activities on Thanksgiving, our three games, our triple gobble, and uh, we split up those first two games. We both had the Bears. They found a way to not cover by a point again. Um, And we both had the Bills, and they wound up winning straight up. And the nightcap was Atlanta, New Orleans. Atlanta had every opportunity to cover six and a half points and still found a way to not do it. So I'm down one to start this week 13 off against you. Uh, We'll get to all those and and recap the games uh, in in a little more detail a little later on, but uh, how was your Thanksgiving and how's your black Friday been so far in, uh, in in retail land? Yeah, we had a good black Friday. Um, You know, we were, I, I made some money yesterday and I made some money today before I had to leave work early because uh, we're under winter storm warnings here in central Wisconsin. And we've got a nice, nice thick coating of ice all over everything. So, you know, being that I commute home, uh, I skated home. So my, uh, my normal 50 minute drive home today became nearly about an hour and 45 minute drive. Um, You know, you know, it's fun when you're driving, you know, 30, 35 miles an hour on country roads and you're you're just basically like, you don't even feel like you have control of your car. You're just, you're just at the mercy. All of a sudden you feel that slippage and something just starts to go and you're like, okay, this thing's just going to take me where it's going to take me. And I just hope it doesn't put me in a ditch or in the other lane. And, uh, yeah, I, I white knuckled it all the way home, but I'm home. I'm safe. Uh, we're supposed to get about a foot of snow up to a foot of snow tonight and tomorrow. So we'll see what that does for my, uh, supposed work commute tomorrow. Uh, if it's, if it's too bad, uh, and it's usually a short day for me on Sunday, I'd, I'd prefer to not have to make the trip, but we'll see. <laughs> and, uh, Thanksgiving was good. We hosted this year. So we had, uh, we had 14 people here at the house, including myself. And, you know, everybody, everybody, all the family, everybody comes in and brings down uh, some stuff. And everybody had ate well and uh, drank well. And it was a good show. Uh, it was a good time. I was uh, extremely, extremely uh, happy with it. And, you know, I was in bed, uh, actually physically laying in bed by a little about 6 o'clock, which was 
you know, basically due to the fact that I have to be up at four o'clock in the morning uh, to be at work on Black Friday. So yeah, it was good. We had family was here. Food was good. No, we, we didn't have any uh, outbursts or you know, we don't have that like, you know, the drunk uncle situation or any of the the family drama or anything. So it was pretty, it was pretty low key. I mean, you know, everybody has their turkey. Everybody's tired. Uh, I know everybody was out of our house by about 5 p.m. And at, at that point, I'm sitting in my chair. My wife, my son, and my daughter are all sitting on the couch. And three out of the four of us, my daughter being the only one who wasn't, you know, cute factor, uh, three three out of the four of us uh, looked like we could just go right to bed. Right. Because it's nice not having to travel, but, you know, hosting and having guests and having to put on the show, um, you know, it takes its toll but it was still, it was worthwhile. Sure. Black Friday was a long day. And uh, today is usually the day when you feel the length of Black Friday. And uh, I did, I did, you know, you're, you're drastically slower at the job and uh, you feel it all the, you know, being, being at work for 15 hours yesterday, plus the, the hour back and forth driving, go, basically coming home, getting right back up, going and doing it again. So yeah, by, but right now I'm pretty, I'm I'm pretty chill right now. I'm 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 here and I will do my best to make this a good show. How was yours? Comfortably numb? Is Comfortably that how we phrase numb. that? Not I I'm not uh not normally like I am. Oh, okay. But yeah, not 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 usually for me on this show. <laughs> not this time anyways. Yeah, um no, our our Thanksgiving was was fine um we do what we always do which is the wife makes the turkey and then we go over to her uh, uncle's house and there's a good number of people coming in and out of there um probably upwards of, of about 15 um and a lot of those other people around uh make other dishes and there's a, there's a big thanksgiving feast full of food uh we we're the ones bringing the turkey and this year uh, running maybe a little later than normal. Uh, we could we could feel the electricity. We could feel the happiness in the house when we arrived with the bird. Uh, people were ready to eat. Uh, it was probably oh, what time do we get there? Between one thirty and two, somewhere around there. And I don't think that's too much later than we normally get there. Maybe a, maybe a half hour later than we normally get there. But it, it felt like people were really ready to eat. And this year, uh, some some of the family members wanted to make it a healthier Thanksgiving, and we knew that going in, so we were kind of prepared. And uh, my wife actually brought, in addition to the turkey, uh, decided to uh, saute up some uh, Brussels sprouts and, and put some like a balsamic vinegar or something on there to try to jazz it up a little bit. Uh, so that was just one of the, the three green dishes uh, for our Thanksgiving. It was that and a salad and greens um, in addition to the, the turkey. Uh, there was a stuffing or a dressing, depending on you know where you come from, uh, that somebody had prepared. And it wasn't prepared very well. It was soupy. So the f- first go around of, of sitting down with turkey and, and all our greens and uh, and. And someone did make a ham. Um, it had no stuffing or dressing with it uh, because it had to go back in the oven for a half hour. Uh, so it was uh, it was a quick first go around for Thanksgiving. The the first serving went very fast, 
and people were pretty much ready for pie and cake at that point uh, after all that. Um, I did get up and get some dressing uh, after it was finally prepared. It was good. It, it just uh, wasn't really done the first time around. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a different Thanksgiving with with a lot healthier options, a lot uh, the, no mac and cheese, no uh, like I said, the stuffing was was running late. Um, not too much uh, on the main roster there that that would qualify as sort of unhealthy. Uh, there was some, I think, some sweet potatoes uh, that somebody had cut up and and, and cooked up, um, and, and that was that was about it as far as main dishes, and then. Predictably for the desserts, everyone just tore into that because you're hungry because your your Thanksgiving dinner wasn't nearly as as filling as it normally is. Um, but yeah, it was still fun. It was uh, it wasn't bad. It was just you know Thanksgiving. I think everyone is just used to so many more calories per serving, you know, per plate uh, than what we've had. So it was just a little bit of a a body letdown at that point. Um, but it was, again, it wasn't bad. There's was nothing that was served out that was actually bad. It was just a little less than normal. So we'll, we'll see if that tradition continues next year. Uh, I wouldn't mind if it does. I, I don't have any problem with the options. I want some more options. If I, if I want some mac and cheese, I should, uh, I think I should be able to have some, um, of course, the, the dressing situation hopefully would be uh, rectified. Um, I, I think you can keep some of the quote unquote unhealthier options and also have other options out there if people prefer salads and and greens and brussels sprouts and they can have that too i, I think there's plenty of room my, my uh, wife's uncle has a very big kitchen we, we have a lot of room and a lot of space in the fridge uh so we'll see how that all works out uh, next year but uh, but it was good it was fun it was good to see everybody it's funny that you mentioned that because it was almost the same way here um you know my wife and i have been eating a lot differently i've been losing weight and uh, working on being healthier, and my, my, my sister and her husband have done it that way. My my wife's sister has done it that way. So, yes, the, the options for Thanksgiving this year were so much healthier, um, very low carb. Um, so there were only really, like, three, you know, like, bad options, maybe four if you count the cranberry sauce. But, you know, it was like, you know, some, some box stuffing because I required yeah. regular stuffing even though it doesn't jive with the way I've been eating. I'm like, it's Thanksgiving. If I'm going to cheat, I'm going to cheat on Thanksgiving. It's my favorite yeah, holiday. Of course. Um, there was some bread pudding that was brought that didn't last long. And then uh, pumpkin pie, you know, so there was, the, the, but normally the options are way over the top. It's potatoes and, mm-hmm. you know, sweet potatoes and yams. And it's like, so no, this year it was, this year it was scaled back, but it was all still very good. I had, I had snacked the majority of the day. So by the time it actually got to the sit down time and eat dinner, I had like one plate of food and then I was just ready for my pumpkin pie. And I didn't have to, to go overboard. The Turkey was uh, perfect. It was juicy. We had leftovers tonight. It was still juicy, which is that that's not normal. That, that usually <laughs> does not happen. Usually by the time you get to the leftover stage and you warm it up in the microwave, you know, you're, you're just kind of gnawing on beef jerky. No, it was really good. And good. Uh, you just, yeah, but no, if your wife made Brussels sprouts, Brussels, Brussels sprouts are the devil's fruit. I, that's just the nastiest <laughs> stuff on earth. There's nothing worse on this planet. I mean, I, I black olives are a close second, but man, Brussels sprouts. God knows she tried to dress it up, too. I don't know if I had to eat one over the other, which I would eat. 
between Brussels my sprouts. My wife is and, like on this thing where she keeps trying to like make me like Brussels sprouts, so she just keeps trying to like like doll them up, you know. She's putting like yeah. bacon grease and bacon fat and <laughs> just doing all this stuff. And at the at the heart of it all, all I taste is Brussels sprout. It doesn't matter. You could put them in ice cream. You could put oh, a Brussels sprout strawberry ice cream at the end of it. All I would taste would be Brussels sprouts. Just nasty. <laughs> That's why you put some black olives on there too. It's a very unique flavor. Uh, it, it, it is, is. kind of it, it's, yeah. it's a unique taste that I never acquired. <laughs> right. My wife will make these things up, and it'll, you know it'll it'll look good. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll look good. And then you and then you put it in your mouth. You go. And every time yeah. she does it, she's like cracks the code. She's like, oh, I got him this time. He's gonna <laughs> like this. And she has me take a bite, and I'm like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not no, it's not happening. Let's, 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 still let's still not working. Stop. Still, still not hitting. <laughs> give up, no. give up, give up with the Brussels sprouts. I'm never gonna like them. I mean, I'll eat, I'll eat <sighs> most greens. It's not like I'm the kid who won't eat vegetables. You know, growing up, I mean, right, right. I don't have a problem with vegetables. It's just I don't know. No, it's not. Know, it's not there, you. I, there could Brussels be, there could be is some a, is a deep, strong ass there, flavor. No, there could be some deep dark thing from my past that I have suppressed, revolving around <laughs> Brussels sprouts. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I just can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wait, I, I actually, if, if the man can get to the can't board, do it. There you go. <laughs> got, you, got your Mike Singletary drop ready right for you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That, that's a that's a show we haven't done. We could spend a couple minutes uh, on on that uh, food that you absolutely cannot stand. Uh, we got you on record for Brussels sprouts and black olives. Is there black olives? Uh, you know, you put black olives on anything, and that's all I taste. Yeah, it's it's not it's it's not nearly as strong a flavor as Brussels sprouts, though. So I'm that's why I'm a little surprised that you that you dislike it that much. But it's you I know do. It, it ruins it things for me. If it's in a salad, yeah. I taste it. Yeah, it's like you, yeah, it's yeah. like that taste for me that I hate so bad you can't hide. I'm like, well, there's been black olives on this. <laughs> I will tell you one time, my wife and I went and got pizza. Right, uh, it was just Pizza Hut. I think it was Pizza Hut, right? We went into Pizza Hut and we went up to the thing and we actually went to Pizza Hut <laughs> to order the pizza. Well, you knew who does that, right? We were gonna eat yeah. at Pizza Hut. And nobody does that anymore. But we went and we were going to, this is probably seven, God, this is probably seven, eight years ago. This might have even been before my daughter was born, uh, maybe longer. And we go up and we order no olives, right? Right. No olives. I don't know if the girl heard extra olives. They brought out a pizza. <laughs> I am not joking. That was a pizza with like a mountain of olives on top of it. So th- this is the best part. We picked every single olive off the pizza really? and put it on the plate. Yeah, because we wanted to eat our pizza. We didn't ask for olives. And then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she could verify this for me, but I believe they got us a, another pizza, or that pizza was free, or both. Because the waitress felt so go. bad after she came over. Because she looked down at this giant plate of picked <laughs> off olives, and she's like, you said no olives, didn't you? I'm like, yes, we did. So... Yeah, that's how much I at hate least, olives. At least they made good on you. At least they they took care. They of did. They did. A lot of places would just be like, um, yeah, sorry, you know, and kind of shrug their shoulders and walk away. 
So that's a that's an endorsement for Pizza Hut. At least you you got taken care of uh, on the back end of that. But yeah, man, there's something about customer service these days when it comes to restaurants and foods. Like they 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 I get, I've gotten that a lot too, where I say no something or extra something, and they hear the exact opposite, and it's like really. Yeah. <laughs> that's you know what that means. That means they've tuned you out. Exactly. It means they showed up without giving a damn about their job. They, their, their body's there right. and their minds are somewhere else. Because knowing and, and you, I'm, you are Mr. Uh, you're Mr. No Ice, right? No Ice. Oh, my God. You remember. Yes. I hate no, ice every in time my we'd go soft somewhere drinks. To eat. I mean, this is, come on. Well, let's see. How, how long have we How long have we been at this? <laughs> 35 years? 37 yeah, years? But, but, but because of my... Because of my social situation, we've only been hanging out with each other for, you know, maybe 25 of those years. Because yeah. yeah, we couldn't still, hang out before high school. That's true. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't school. get to your neighborhood. School. Yeah, but no, right. no ice. So we go somewhere and it's no ice. And man, I swear, 60% <laughs> of the time you get ice. Yeah. Yep. That hasn't changed. That has not changed. And, and 60% uh, of the time you are a crap tipper. Because they brought you ice. <laughs> uh, guilty as charged. I, I can't deny any of that. <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, I think a tip is a tip. A tip is a reward for good service, right? That's what I thought it was. Uh, apparently, if you give it's... me bad service, I am not going to give you a good tip. I, I'm, 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 I, I don't dispute that. If you ask for something and they don't bring it, or they give you the wrong thing, yeah. It, that that costs money. Do better. It'd be, <laughs> people think people think someone who gives a bad tip or jerks like, no, I'm trying to help you improve. It's tough love. <laughs> it's an incentive. Do better. Do better. Right. If I get if I get awesome service, I give awesome tips. There you go. No, so, some, but as you? you already know, some people think that a tip is like mandatory because of the the low wages of the uh, of the worker. Uh, to which, of course, I've always responded, I didn't give the worker low wages. That I didn't make that decision. Don't put that on now, me. See, I am. I'm not a no tipper. I think no tip. I'm not a no tipper either. Bad. A yeah, low no, tip. I've, I've never done that. A low that. tip sends a, a low tip sends more of a message than no tip. That's right. my thought. I've never. I've never left no tip. I've never done that. I I definitely tip something, but yeah, it it definitely is is on a scale depending on how much I like the service, of course. Correct. Uh, uh, But I'm saying some people think, you know, like 18 or 20 or 25 percent is like bare minimum mandatory because of uh, the fact that the the, the waiter or waitress is making 250 an hour other than that. And I'm like, that's not my fault. Okay. If the you know, that that's that's not something that I made a decision on. I'll I'll uh, I think the lowest tip I'll leave is probably like fifteen percent. But I, uh, uh, but I will not absolutely just say, oh, it's got to be twenty or it's got to be twenty five, no matter right. how bad the service is. That's definitely not going to happen. Oh, well, not where I saw this going. So, what is your <laughs> uh, what's your food poison? Since you know mine. Who? How many? Uh, I have to. I'm gonna have to narrow that down because we'll be there. We'll be at the. We'll be here all day uh, on the show. Oh, okay. uh, so now, very first off the top of, of my head is now living in the South. I work with a lot of people who love this item and therefore look at me uh, with their head cocked to the side, like, "How could you not eat this? How could you grow up with a, a grandmother from the South? My, my, I, you know, from Chicago, of course, but my grandmother." Uh, and her family are, are from Mississippi. 
Um, so this was cooked a lot in my house. And every time it started getting cooked, it smelled so terrible. I had to run into the bedroom and close the door as tight as I could because I hate the smell of it. And therefore, and I would never put this in my mouth because I'm not going to eat something that smells that disgusting. And black people already know what I'm talking about. Of course, I'm talking about chitlins or chitterlings. Depending chitterlings. On <laughs> that's what white people call it. White people call it chitterlings. You, you know why? Because that's what it says on the fucking box or the, oh, or the bucket or whatever it's sold. It, it, it says chitterlings. So, yeah, that's how you're supposed to say it. And every time I will say chitterlings, I would either get looked at or smacked in the mouth and say, boy, it's chitlins. What are you talking about? Um, whatever you want to call it, I will never – I've never eaten one and I never will eat one because – Anything that smells that awful. Have you ever smelled chitlins being cooked? No. No, God, no. Oh, my God. It's Well, I mean, you know, it, if you don't know what chitlins is, it's basically like pig intestine. So just imagine that being cooked. I mean, I, I don't really have to Ugh. even go any further. It's yeah. it's pig's intestines. And it smells no, like pig's you. intestines. <laughs> and you are correct to have that response of, I'm not eating that. And, and I and and millions and millions and millions of other people eat really really disgusting things when you get down to it. Uh, hot dogs probably at the top of that list. What, what's right. actually in hot dogs? Uh, so I'm not trying to say that I'm some health nut or I, or I only eat things that that aren't disgusting. I eat plenty of things that are disgusting. I don't eat things that smell and look disgusting because I assume it's going to taste disgusting and therefore I don't eat <laughs> chitlins and I never will. There you go. <laughs> but you've and never the even other... tried them. No. Okay. Again, if you if you actually smelled one, you'd know why you 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 I haven't tried one, and you wouldn't try it either because you would just it, be like, oh my god. Is it the smell god. of one being prepared, or is it the smell even after it's cooked? Like you just pick it up and you go, ooh, that's like gym yes, socks. All of the above. I, I I've never picked one up. I've never touched it. But yeah, after it's prepared, that that smell is still there. It still smells oh, like no. pig's ass. It it just no. It's no, going no, to no. smell like pig's ass no matter what. From from yeah. one end of the process to the other, it's going to smell like pig's ass. And I'm not doing that. I just I, I can't. Uh, the only other thing that I'd hate to taste of uh, that, that that I've actually tasted uh, at the top of that list, and I won't go any further than than this one item, but uh, and for for some reason my my wife loves it is is liver. I, I'm, I'm sure you've had liver before. Oh, yeah, it, that's. I think I that's in the preparation. Liver, it, it can be good. Okay. But it, it's usually not. <laughs> I don't know what the exactly the, the there's so many other parts of that animal the uh, of the cow that I've eaten <laughs> and enjoyed. Uh, right, but the, something about the liver, I, I, I can't. It, it, it just tastes terrible to me. It's fry it, uh, prepare it, whatever way. It, I, I, I've never had liver where I, I liked it. I've never, never, had, never ever had liver that I thought was good. So that's just, just something about the taste. I think I it's something about the taste, just like it's something about the taste of Brussels sprouts and, and black olives for you. It's just the taste. It's just no matter how you prepare it, the taste. It's still the taste. It's a liver. With 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 like you said, ice cream covered or smothered in in cheese and, and parmesan and all that. It, it's still it's still liver at the at the heart of it. It's still liver. I, I can't take it. Yeah, you can't get around it. You just, nope. That's just you can't. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> all right. So uh, I'm doing all gobble, I can huh? to avoid talking about those. Football. 
football games. Well, you know, I I, I don't mind talking about them because I, I I get to keep chipping away here slowly at your lead. Um, after a two and one Thanksgiving and a one and two uh, Thanksgiving uh, for you, so yeah, we can we can run them down. Uh, your Bears, uh, it, we were what. 15 minutes into watching that Bears-Lions game here at the house, and I'm already texting you about the vaunted Bears cover zero defense. And then shortly after you texted this when I saw it, I was watching it on delay because when ah. the game started, I happened, I happened to be in the shower. So, so you're just start, waiting I, for it, right? You're like, oh, man, here it comes. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I, pick, I start watching the game on, on DVR, so I'm about a half hour behind. And so you're texting me about the, the no wait no wait no don't cover don't cover cover the I'm like oh god <laughs> uh, yeah I knew wait, it was coming covers, don't cover anybody the bears nobody does nobody does it better <laughs> than the Chicago Bears and we see blown coverages all the time in the NFL but only the Chicago Bears it doesn't matter the coaching staff or the decade this has been a thing since the '90s. Nobody just lets guys run free through their secondary like the Chicago Bears. When they're when they blow coverage, there's no one in the screen. The yeah. receiver is running, and there's a, your entire screen is just one guy in the other uniform running under the football, yeah. and there's nobody else in the I'm, in the picture. I'm sitting in my chair. I don't. Nobody was at my house yet. I'm sitting in my chair. And I got my son on my lap, and I see the ball. I see this blow. I guess it is. It's blow. Uh, so the announcer throw, throw this bomb, and all of a sudden the ball starts dropping back, you know, from the top of the screen. And I'm like, oh, there's that Bears cover zero. I yeah. Immediately picked up my phone and start texting you about the Bears vaunted cover zero defense. Because boy, when it shows its ugly head, it, it shows up just like that. And there's uh, Kenny Galladay streaking through the Bears' secondary, with just nobody around. Uh, no excuse. No yeah. excuse for that. So what we've seen, we've seen such a, a long list, uh, again, on the Thanksgiving holiday, you want to use the word cornucopia, uh, but we've seen such a long list of backup and third-string quarterbacks in the league this year. Feels like way more than a normal season. That might be wrong. That, that can be researched by somebody who's got the, that kind of time. Uh, this particular backup quarterback, David Blau, this was in that family that we, I don't think we've seen yet. And all these backup quarterbacks, they, they all fit into a, a family or a category. There's the, the scared shitless guy that doesn't have any right to be on the field. That would be the, the folk guy uh, for the Jets. Uh, there's the guy that's just trying to game manage and, and desperately trying to hold on to his, his job in the NFL but he's not offering any real, you know, play. No, no real reason to think that he's going to uh, have any kind of explosive plays or, or any kind of something that changes the the, the course of a game. Um, and that would be the the guy that got replaced in Denver, um, or he's going to be replaced as of tomorrow. Uh, and this family, this uh, particular group, uh, I don't think any of the backup quarterbacks had had fallen into this group that David Blau fell into. David Blau fell into that category of the, the, the YOLO guy, of the guy that says, oh, I, I got a an NFL starting job, and I'm an undrafted free agent, and I never thought I'd get this shot, and I may never get this shot again. You know what? Fuck it. 
Here we go. Every ball I get a chance to just go deep, I'm just throwing it up. YOLO. You only live once. Here we go. You want a bomb? Here. You get a bomb. Galladay, you get a bomb. Someone else, you wide open. All right, here we go. 30 yards downfield. You. Uh, so that was just the Bears were not prepared at all, clearly, uh, for the for the YOLO ball guy. And it, it, I don't want to defend them, but how do you prepare for that? You don't know if a, a backup or a third-string quarterback is going to be the YOLO ball guy until he gets in the game and starts throwing YOLO balls at you. And then you go, oh, shit. Uh, so that's what happened in the first half, clearly. Uh, the Chicago Bears had no idea that this guy was going to come out slinging and throwing everywhere, and he winds up putting up big play after big play after big play, and, and, the, and the Lions build a, a nice lead. Chicago makes the adjustment in the second half. Mitch Trubisky plays a lot better in the second half. I don't know what the deal is with him. That he 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 is, is about. He's going to be a top contender for the Heckling Giant Award because he he has halves of football where he looks like the fault guy uh, from from the Jets. That he doesn't belong in the league, and he has second first half or second half. He has halves. Or he, he looks like oh, that's the guy that that showed so much promise. That's the guy that looks like he's going to be potentially a star in the NFL someday. Uh, and that's the, that's what his second half looked like, uh, hooking up with Anthony Miller uh, repeatedly on, on big, big plays, big throws, great catches by Miller, um, and, and, and up to get them into the lead on, on the last second drive uh, to get them a four-point lead. The only problem with that for us is the Bears are favored by five after all the Detroit quarterback uh, mechanics and, and, and starts and stops and decisions and whatnot. So if that spread were... Uh, what it was before David Blau was announced at the starter, uh, which was, I believe, three and a half, then we would have grabbed that one. Instead, we take the L. So it it is what it is. Um, But that's Chicago's fault. If they come out prepared for a quarterback to to go YOLO on them, again, it's very hard to prepare for that if you don't know that's what's going to happen. But uh, that, God, that you're, you're right. When they, leave somebody wide open and do that. Their vaunted cover zero. Nobody does it like the Chicago bears. When they just blow a coverage and let a receiver go free, they let him go completely wide open free. He could have ran out of the stadium to his house and no one on Chicago would have been within a hundred feet of him. He was, it was just ridiculous. So that's how the first game went. Uh, great comeback win for Chicago, but for our point spread purposes, uh, falling short for the second week in a row, they, they come up one point short of the spread. Yeah, in the game that you thought about locking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so and then, of course, I didn't lock up the Saints, and the Falcons made it really interesting you, uh, with, with, with multiple onside kick recoveries at the end of that game, which you just don't see. I mean, the onside kick rate now that they've changed all these rules – is, is with the running starts and everything, just to get two of them in a row, the odds of that the way by the percentages this season just have to be incredibly small. The Falcons get two of them and uh, end up having the ball down eight um, with, you know, as basically in the last minutes of the game. And I'm watching this easy saints cover the game. I had contemplated locking up um, about to go down the toilet. I mean, if the Saints had blown that to two onside kicks in that Atlanta furious comeback, I may have complained, even though I told you I can't complain ever again about a lock. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't lock that up, because if I would have lost that, watching a team come back after two successful onside kicks, 
and blow the spread, that that would have been uh, that would have been right up there with what happened to you. Although I still think the one that you had with Arizona San Francisco was worse. Um, but I I didn't get to see that game. I was already in bed by the time that game started. But I did dive into the highlights and yeah, that cover was right there for you. A- Atlanta played with a lot of heart. I, they did not look like a mail it in team. But what they were was incredibly sloppy. That was just not a that was not a game effort uh, from that Atlanta squad, and just a lot of mistakes. Matt Ryan, you know, taking sacks like he always takes um, in big key moments, fumbles, interceptions. Um, you know, I, I, if Atlanta played that game tighter and was a little bit, uh, you know, less loose with the football, yeah, they 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 definitely cover this number for you. Uh, which had to be infuriating for you to watch. Yeah, I don't have much else to. They they had the heart. They did. Yeah, I don't don't have much else to add. The the Saints outclassed them. They were the better team. Uh, Atlanta did not go down. You know, just they 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 did not lie down. That's true. They did come out and and try to fight and and play, but they weren't nearly as good as the Saints. But all those goofy onside kicks, all that action gave uh, the Falcons hope for a miracle. Comeback, a miracle spread covering, and the New Orleans pass rush killed that right dead. Just, okay, we're, we're through playing games <laughs> with you, and now we're going to come sit on Matt Ryan's head repeatedly, and, and that's how the game is, is going to come to an end. So, right. Yeah, so, great, great try. Great. That would have been awesome yeah. with all those onside kicks coming through uh, somehow, uh, but just wasn't in the cards. But I have to say, my proudest moment of the day was once again here on the national stage, on the road, in that big spot in Dallas after. Jerry Jones has been hinting all week that he's done with Jason Garrett. Well, here comes. How do you not continue to be impressed with the Buffalo Bills? They just how they are show the Cowboys up. favored by six and a half points? <laughs> they just they but the Bills man they show up they give up the early touchdown and that game is starting to it's starting to get into the flow of the game and I'm sitting there and you know we have starting more of a crowd now and I'm watching the game and. I, and I'm talking up Buffalo, even though they're losing, and I'm kind of getting those looks from the people who maybe, maybe don't know so much about football. But I'm I'm just sitting there and I'm talking, I'm commenting as this game is going on. Like nobody blows these guys out. They are going to just stick around and they are going to just be pesky, and they are not going to let the Cowboys at all run away with this thing. And the next thing you know, there's uh, Cole Beasley streaking into the end zone, and they come up with the trick play. I mean, Buffalo just they they continue to impress and uh weren't weren't we weren't we we thought sean mcdermott was like dead man coaching right a couple of years ago when well, we thought that team had basically quit it's easy to think that with nathan peterman and uh, tyron yeah. taylor are your quarterbacks yeah. and here they are you know and josh allen shows poise there was a there was a play where josh allen who's a very he's a very mobile guy I have never, I haven't seen it in a while because you usually see the quarterback and he's jumping around and he's waiting for the rush. The Bills' offensive line was holding the Cowboys' defensive line and their rush so, like, at bay that Josh Allen at one point realized he had so much time in the pocket that he just planted and just started looking around. Like, he had no <laughs> fear that the rush was even going to get to him. And even the, the announcers commented that he just literally. Like he just standing, st- he was just standing still, holding the football, scanning the defense. It, it right there, just that replay would tell you. Like, watch this play and tell me who wins this game. Yeah, right. the quarterback who's so comfortable in the pocket that he doesn't even need to shuffle his feet or keep bouncing around. 
and yeah, um, I know you call him the project, but but Josh Allen continues to impress, and the Bills' defense continues to look good, and I'm going to continue all season to pat my back for picking them to go to the playoffs because they they no, are a they're a good team, and I, like I said, we said this in the last show, they're not going to go to the Super Bowl probably, but you are not going to want to be that three or four seed and have this team coming into your house on wildcard weekend. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl. They're also not going to lose that five seed. There's nobody catching them in the, in the wildcard race. There's, there's no chance any of these other losers right. that are six and five are going to uh, catch up to the Bills. Uh, it's real easy to, uh, if you're a project quarterback, you know what really helps you stop being a project and helps you look through your progressions is when the other team doesn't pressure you and doesn't get anybody else. Uh, in your face uh, to make you do anything. And when the Cowboys did get in his face and did get some pressure, he showed off those wheels. He had, uh, I thought, I thought the play you were going to point out or highlight was he he had uh, the touchdown run where he showed off. uh, I I was really impressed by the, by the wheels. Like he, he hit another gear and I'm like, Oh shit. Wow. Okay. Uh, That was, that was very impressive to me. Um, Yeah. Buffalo, they're playing with a ton of confidence. Uh, on the other side, Dak Prescott had problems with, with a bunch of unhealthy weapons, and it's really hard to come back when your uh, weaponry isn't uh, playing at, as the, at, at their best and they're not healthy. Amari Cooper took that shot where he got upended and uh, never did make it back, um, uh, not not to 100% anyway. Uh, so the comeback was just never in the cards. It, it wasn't going to happen once the Cowboys uh uh, lost the lead to the Buffalo Bills. They they weren't going to make it back. Uh, of course, relying on the pass after that means you uh, forget about Ezekiel Elliott, and that's a really bad way to also go about a, a game is having one of the best running backs in the league, and you don't really use him because you're trailing and you need to, to throw to try to come back and win. Uh, so, yeah, it just wasn't going to work out for the Cowboys as far as even winning the game. But it was just shocking. Now, that's the game where I guess we both should have really locked locked in because I couldn't yeah. believe that the Cowboys were were favored by six and a half over a Bills team. And you talked about it. The Bills are eight and three. The Cowboys are six and five and not looking so hot. And and the Bills are, were playing very good football, you know, even going into that game. And how the hell are they six and a half point dogs in this game? I mean, that, that's, that's that Cowboy love. That's that outsized Cowboy love yeah. again. And came back to bite them once again. So we, we both uh, screwed up our locks. Uh, if we lose our lock this week, we have nobody to blame for ourselves. Yeah, there were two of them right there staring us in the face. I mean, I should have locked up the Saints. I would have come through. It wouldn't have been the only one by eight against a six-and-a-half-point number. Not the most, it's not the beatdown that I had last week as my lock of the week, which was the biggest uh, spread of the week, you know, a 39-point win. But, yeah, we have a six-and-a-half, seven-point dog going on the road to Dallas, and they end up winning by 11, and, and that wasn't that close. Buffalo's no, problem is they can look like they have blown you out, but the score won't show it because they just locked you down. And that defense of the Bills, we, we, we want to talk about Dak Prescott not having his weapons. He also had to face that Buffalo defense. And That's that Buffalo true. defense was just following him up. Um, they were making plays. Those receivers were all on lockdown. Um so they they played a great game. That was a total game from the Buffalo Bills, and then they get the, the, the trick play touchdown right before the half. They have the play where Josh Allen actually fumbles the snap. Oh, yeah. Fights, un, fights through the pile to pick up the ball and then dives through like three dudes to get the first down. That and, was inspirational. 
and he gets up and he's yeah i mean you can see that this team is definitely gelling around him and uh, i'm still sticking with what i said last year that if the when the patriots fade it's this buffalo team i think that's ready to ascend they certainly look like they're in position to do that yet yeah, i don't know if they should have saved john brown throwing a touchdown pass to uh Maybe for new england <laughs> for a playoff game or, or something, yeah. but but they pulled it out on Thanksgiving and yeah. it worked to perfection. So we didn't, I meant to bring it up on the last show when we were talking about the Bills. Um, but if you know, they're John Brown and Cole Beasley aren't going to jump off the page as far as a great wide receiver tandem. But those are those are pros. Those are two professional wide receivers who are very good. They're crisp route runners. They always seem to find their way open. They can go deep. You know, you got Beasley who can go underneath. Um, th- those are nice weapons for Josh Allen. And they're also getting this little tandem going with Gore and Singletary. And, uh, yeah, Buffalo's offense, if Buffalo's offense can round into shape, if that, if the offense gets hot going towards the playoffs, Buffalo could be dangerous. They sure could. Yeah, I was – uh, a little surprised that Dallas even let Cole Beasley go. He's sort of the the Wayne Krebet of 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 this era right now. That he's oh he's going to go and we just lost our get... audience with the Wayne Krebet uh, <laughs> reference. He's he's going to get whatever ball you throw, no matter how many guys are in traffic. He's, you throw it up yeah. to him, he's going to go. He's going to go after it, and he, he might get concussed oh, doing that, but he's going to go for it. <laughs> Well, it's what three, so that's three down and thirteen. So we only have thirteen picks. So it feels like a little bit more of a abbreviated show. Um, but yeah, thirteen picks left to go. Both of us are still without our lock for the week, and I am going to be what four down starting Sunday's games. Ah, you're cre- creeping closer and closer. Uh, you yeah, know, that, two weeks that's... ago that was at ten. I was really starting to panic. I thought I was losing control here. So to get back to four feels very manageable yeah that's a good round hopefully hopefully i can tamp it out uh coming up tomorrow (laughs) that's right you gotta stop this rally it's dead in its tracks all right let's get the plugs out of the way real quick uh you are listening live to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail you can listen to this show as a podcast which means you get the uh 90 minutes this week for uh for our live show and also uh, whatever we do as an after show after the live portion's over. Uh, to do that, you can only listen to the podcast version, which you can get uh, coming back to the live show page, or you can subscribe to Apple Podcasts or iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps. And when the whole show is complete, the live show and the after show, it will download to you and be ready for you to listen and enjoy uh, as early as tomorrow. Uh, our picks will be up on our blog after we make our picks, and the blog site is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Follow me on Twitter at IMLDDre. Follow Jason on Twitter at IMLDJTG. And again, if you uh, are a past listener and just coming in late, uh, we're doing normally one show a week. We did two this week, but normally it's it's just the one on the weekend. And so our Thursday pick is only available on Twitter exclusively. On Twitter, you have to follow us on Twitter in order to get that Thursday pick. Again, I'm at IMLD Dre. Jason is at IMLD JTG. Um, and any questions or comments, send them to the following email address in much less detail at gmail.com. 
Yep, 13 more games to go for week 13. Uh, after the Thanksgiving tradition, the, the triple gobble, that's over with. And now it's time for the rest of week. We got some real good games coming up uh, for week 13, uh, but they're all later. The, not, the, not the early games. The early games are trash, and we're going to get them out of the way quickly right now. We'll start with the Packers and the Giants, Green Bay at 8-3, and three, New York at 2-9. and nine. So no surprise on, on the point spread on this one. The Packers are a big six-and-a-half point favorite on the road at the G-Men. Right. I didn't want to keep the theme, the bounce-back theme going here, but the Packers take that stunningly embarrassing loss last week at San Francisco in blowout fashion. And the Giants go to Chicago, and they sneak under the number, uh, spoiling your lock last week. So, you know, this one's got to be a tough one for you to look at uh, because you got you, you might have bad – we could have feelings either way because you had the Packers going up to San Francisco and you had the Bears. So I, I love it when you get these teams that sort of burned you, you know, both playing each other in the next week. Uh, I'm still going to go ahead and I'm going to lay the six and a half. And uh, and take the Packers here. I, I think the Giants the Giants are terrible. I think the Packers are definitely a step up in class for them. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to lay another egg like he just did out in San Francisco. Uh, sometimes these these teams, these young coaches, they need those wake up calls to sort of refocus, come back, re-energize. I would expect to see a lot of Aaron Jones. That was what made the Packers successful early in the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he has another one of his three or four touchdown games. And Aaron Rodgers just kind of, you know, game manages, uh, I hate to say it, but that's what's been working the best for that offense. When they've looked the best, it's been with the running game, the screen game, and Aaron Rodgers play action or taking advantage of opportunities when they're there. And I don't think that the uh, Packers defense is going to have too much trouble with Daniel Jones. There's, the, the Giants just have been a walking mash unit all year. I think Evan Ingram is out, and that's a big deal because the Packers can't cover tight ends for shit, which is their big one big weakness. And so I'm going to go ahead. I think the Giants, this could be close at halftime. I think the Packers pull away late. I'm going to take the Packers, give the points. Yeah, Ingram is out. Uh, Golden Tate is concussed. He's also out for the Giants. And on the defensive side, their young safety, Jabril Peppers, is hurt. He's out as well. So a lot of uh, injuries for the Giants. They're very dinged up. Uh, It's a real good spot for Aaron Rodgers to find his way back on track, uh, unless – Green Bay parties in Gotham a little too much. Did they party too much out in in San Francisco last week? Is that, that was, what the, have, that was have you been hearing anything about alleged, that? Allegedly, uh, or mm. or under the surface, that was all there with the going out a day early and experiencing loss. Yeah, the, the Rogers and and Lafleur both sort of intimated that that may have been why they were not game ready. Maybe that happened in San Francisco. Well, wait a minute. What does that mean if that happened in San Francisco? You know, uh, men these days can do whatever they want. They're they're free to to be who they are. Let your freak flag fly. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. There's nothing uh, wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, I will right. concur. I will concur and give the six and a half and take the Packers. Uh, the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This shouldn't be a really good game, but it will be obviously uh, Mortal Kombat a game style though. <laughs> There will be scuffles, there will be flags, there will be blood. It's going to be one of those uh, for uh, anyone who doesn't know or isn't aware uh, of the proximity of the uh, the ugliest incident in the NFL all year in, in, in a long, long time. 
of course, was the uh, Miles Garrett slamming of Mason Rudolph's own helmet against his head. That was a mere nine days ago, uh, be 10 days ago tomorrow. Uh, so the rematch is already up. So that was week 11 uh, on a Thursday night that the Browns uh, beat the Steelers 21 to 7. And thanks in part to Mason Rudolph's four interceptions and one headache. And now it will not be Mason Rudolph under center for this rematch tomorrow in Pittsburgh. Instead, it'll be Doug Boy, Doug Hodges, at quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Browns at five and six give two points on the road at the six and five Steelers. Yeah, we were a little bit worried last week, or you were a little bit worried. You locked up the Browns because the the Dolph, uh, the you locked, locked up, up the, the Dolphins. Fish, yeah. The Browns were. You know, sort of like, oh, how are they going to recover from the Miles Garrett thing? And now they're minus Miles Garrett at Duck Boy, please. <laughs> I mean, come on. They're going back to Duck Boy. The Browns seem to be rounding out into some shape here. I had a feeling that this Browns team would do something very similar to what they did last year, which is play better when the pressure was somewhat off. And I don't think there's a ton of pressure on this team right now. I think the expectations have been lowered to the level where maybe now they can start to show that, yeah, on paper, this is a really good team. In Madden, this is this is a blowout. But I think in right. reality, this is a blowout. I'm going to take the Browns and lock it up. Wow. Locking up the Brown fever. Um, that's, that's gutsy. That's, that's some balls on your part. You thought I had balls uh, locking up the fish. I think it's it's – Ballsy to lock up the Browns at any point because they're the Browns and you know, right. Browns they are going to find a way we, to let you down. We don't call it the Brown Fever for nothing. That's right. It's Browns not, will that's Brown. not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it's not meant to be a compliment. Uh, it, it's a, it's almost amazing that these two teams are part of that that second wild card group. Like I said, no one's catching Buffalo for that first wild card, but that they're still in this second group of, of all those teams with five and six wins that still have a shot uh, at that second wild card. So this is actually an important game for playoff considerations, which is, which is hard to believe when you talk about the Steelers without big Ben, without the the big three um, and and the Cleveland Browns being who they are. Uh, Yeah. This this actually has playoff implications perhaps. Um, So in between all the scuffles and and all the flags, uh, there's still a football game to be played. Um, Olivier Vernon may return from his knee injury for the Browns uh, on the Steelers side. Of course, Doug Hodges at QB, he's not going to be throwing to Juju Smith-Schuster. He's out. He's not going to be handing it to James Conner. He's out. Uh, so the personnel for the Steelers is kind of lacking. Um, in, in between all of the, the drama and Sturm and Drong, uh, Cleveland is the better team. Uh, it, it pains me to say it because it's the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and you're right. Uh, if you go by like Madden rating, they're they're the much better team. Uh, but that hasn't stopped them all year from you know turning up and and throwing up in their boots every now and then. Uh, they they've had the mo- the the better talent for for a lot of these games that they found a way to lose. Uh, I, I'm not going to pick them to lose this one. There's just too much missing on the Steelers' side. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to spit up and, and lose this game. Uh, but, but you got them locked up. So uh, I'm, I'm going to agree with you and maybe uh, some reverse psychology will work for me uh, by, by me taking Cleveland with you. Maybe that'll be uh, the, the kiss of death, the, the KOD on the Cleveland Browns. That's the death knell. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, On to Tampa Bay and Jacksonville in the battle for the second best team in the state of Florida. Is that prestigious? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
That's that's a negative. Mm, no. Uh, so <laughs> they're they're both four and seven. Here's how here's how people think of your Jags. Unfortunately, uh, Jay, uh, Nick Foles his third game back from injury. They're both four and seven. Jacksonville's at home. Tampa's favored. Tampa actually gives three on the road at Jacksonville. I can't I can't fathom this one. They're both they have the same record. Tampa has been wildly inconsistent all season thanks to Jameis Winston doing Jameis Winston things. Um, what I worry about for the Jaguars is since Nick Foles came back, they've sort of tried to treat him like, hey, we've got our sports car back. This is the guy we paid all the money. So we got to run that offense through him instead of running that offense through Leonard Fournette. I'm hoping here because I just can't quit you, Jacksonville. I wish oh, I knew how no. to quit you. But yeah, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna take the Jaguars to win this one. And, uh, I just, hey, this was my Super Bowl team. Your pick was worse, but not by much. I know. <laughs> it was definitely it's the worst pick of all time. I'm still not uh I'm still not claiming our, yeah, the, for us both, this is the worst AFC pick for a Super Bowl we've ever had. And I think this is basically we're just doing an anti like we won't pick New England. So we're just let's find somebody else. And well actually <laughs> yeah. you had the Falcons in the NFC and I had the Jaguars in the AFC, so yeah, not good. Um not good at all. And now that I look at it, the, if the Jags keep collapsing, they may have, they may wind up with a worse record than the Falcons. Just bite your tongue. It, it, it's possible. The Jaguars uh, have never been a quit contender, though. The Jaguars for us have never actually had the FedEx mail it an award and then had it taken back away. <laughs> that, that's I'm going to take the Jaguars Only... here. I think Jameis Winston gets back to doing some Jameis Winston things. We got the good Jameis last week. We can't get that two weeks in a row. <laughs> Uh, Miles Jack has a knee injury for the Jags. He may not be able to play for them. Um, it's a lot of windy conditions around the country tomorrow, so I don't know how much it's going to uh, affect anybody. Uh, this is one of those games where it's projected to be kind of gusty and windy. And Nick Foles has not been good his first two games back from injury, and now no. here's some 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 possible bad weather conditions that. That doesn't sit right with me, and it's too bad because that's a great secondary to get right in in the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're they're terrible. They're uh, next to last in the league in pass defense. But for some reason, I got a, a bad feeling that there's something not quite right with Foles. Maybe he's working back. Uh, he he missed a, a very significant amount of time, and maybe this is sort of almost like another preseason that he's had to go through. So like his third preseason game, uh, he, he he just doesn't look quite right. I'm I'm gonna agree with you or not not agree with you you got the Jags I'm going to go the other yeah. way and take Tampa Bay and, and Jameis Winston in the middle of doing Jameis Winston things can still pop off two or three t- long touchdowns because that that's Jameis Winston uh, so I'll take Tampa Bay uh, the Eagles play the Dolphins tomorrow in Miami and Philadelphia's in deep deep doo-doo they're at five and six and it's not looking good for them to make a playoff run uh, but they get the Miami Dolphins at two and nine, which is a, a nice bounce back spot, obviously. And the betting public agrees because there are the second biggest spread of the week. Philly gives 10 points on the road at Miami. And you are absolutely correct. This is an amazing bounce back opportunity for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's just too bad. They're just going to lose the game straight up. Give me the Dolphins, baby. Oh, Lord. Wait, but you won't lock that up, even though they're ten point dogs. Mm. Just because it's bold doesn't mean it's a lock. <laughs> Stupid 
doesn't mean it's lock worthy. I'm not. I'm not using you and your. I'm not using your your logic and math. Ah, I spit in the face of logic and math. Logic. Why would anyone do that? Uh, the the Dolphins uh, DBs are all beat up, so it's even more of a chance for Carson Wentz and the Eagles to get right. Um, he gets his weapons back. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is supposed to come back and play tomorrow. He was supposed to come back and play last week at the last second. He did not play, but he's supposed to get the green light tomorrow. Nelson Aguilar is supposed to get the green light tomorrow and come back and play for the Eagles. Jordan Howard has already got the red light. He will not be back for the Eagles. Uh, But as we already know, I think Miles Sanders should be the man there anyway. Um, Yeah, I learned my lesson last week picking the Dolphins and locking them up and all that. Philly's been bad. (laughs) Philly's been bad the last couple of weeks. They they had their shot right there at home and, and could not put it together against New England or Seattle, which are both very good teams. But uh, the Eagles, if they're as good as they think they are, they should have taken at least one of those two at home and they weren't able to take either one. Um, but, yeah, it's the Dolphins. They're terrible. They had their run of competency and, and decent play and a couple of wins and good for them. But that run appears to be completely over and dead. And hopefully I killed it and buried it by locking them in last week. Uh, so I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm not going to lock them in, but I am going to take Philly and, and give that 10 and, and hope that Miami has gone back to, to sleep where they belong, somewhere underground. Uh, Jets and Bengals. Uh, that, uh, if this was a pro wrestling match, we'd be talking about, oh my God, wait a minute. Do I hear? Do I, do I hear? It, it, it's Red Rifle's music. Andy, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is coming down to the ring, and he's coming back. I can't believe it. Uh, so, yeah, the, the only thing exciting at all in Cincinnati right now, Andy Dalton back under center for the Bengals. Uh, don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. Uh, the 4-7 and seven Jets with Sam Darnold are three-point favorites on the road at the O&E 11, the Cincinnati Bengals. Andy Dalton is coming back, and he's getting so much respect that he's a home dog to Sam Darnold and the woeful Jets. Uh, Jets, uh, Jets rolled up the Oakland Raiders last week. They've shown some flashes. Uh, Sam Darnold back from the mono. Seems like he's a little getting better every week ever since he had his uh, sixth sense game where he was seeing ghosts and dead people all over the field. <laughs> I, I, no, I like that. I like that's going to keep rolling. The Bengals are absolute garbage. They are the probably the worst team in the NFL at this point. They started off competing, but they're just, they're just bad. And, I think the Jets are good enough to beat bad teams. And I'm going to take the Jets here and give the points on the road. Yeah, Andy Dalton back. Uh, another game with, with some windy conditions. Um, and I'll say this, if Cincinnati doesn't get this one, when we talk about possible 0-16, uh, I think everyone's been looking at week 16 at Miami. That's about it. That, if, if they don't win this one, uh, that's about the only other chance the Bengals are going to have. Uh, to, to get a victory this year would appear. Um, so just based on Andy Dalton maybe providing some sort of a little spark, uh, based on the, the conditions, might be not so good for Sam Darnold to continue to to, to have success. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Cincinnati. It feels like, you know, this is their chance. This is their spot. Uh, they've they've rediscovered Joe Mixon at running back the last few weeks because they had to, because their quarterback has been so terrible. Uh, so maybe they integrate him and, and Andy Dalton can work off of that and, 
and do a little better. But Andy Dalton should play a lot better. Uh, this is, you know, the only chance. This is his chance to get back in and show that he's got anything at all. If he doesn't, he's going to be uh, he's going to do the Blake Bortles and have a clipboard the entire rest of his career. And he may wind up doing that anyway. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Red Rifle one more time and see if he's got a little spark for for the Bengals tomorrow. The uh, Ravens uh, hosting the San Francisco 49ers is the one I've been looking forward to because Baltimore appears to be unstoppable on offense. They had the number one defense uh, in New England and ran right through them like a hot knife through butter, which makes San Francisco now the number one defense in the league. And now they get their shot, Robert Sala, and and that uh, defense gets its shot at solving Lamar Jackson. Uh, will they go back to the number two defense after this? And, and New England will go back to number one because of what Baltimore does to them. We don't know, but should be very, very entertaining. The 10 and one 49ers uh, doing the West coast to East coast thing for a, a one o'clock Eastern start. They are five and a half point underdogs, maybe partly because of that uh, at the nine and two hot as hell Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. And the Ravens are just mowing through good teams right now. they're earning it every step of the way. And this is the perfect spot to get a San Francisco team coming East, um, possibly into some elements. We've got Jimmy Garoppolo, young quarterback going up against a great defense in Baltimore. And we're we're so busy talking about Lamar Jackson and Harbaugh and that offense and all the points they're putting up. We're forgetting about the fact that that defense can still shut you down. Um, so while the defenses may be a wash, I'm going to give the edge to the Baltimore offense. I think it's just too much. It's too bad. Uh, this is a noon game tomorrow. It's just right. This is a noon game or do they move this one sure up is. to three thirty? Yeah. It's a noon game tomorrow, which means if I am stuck here in a blizzard tomorrow, watching football, I'm not going to probably get to watch this game because we'll be getting the Packers locally. Um, so I can only hope that somehow because the Packers are on the road, that this would be the CBS matchup because this is the game I want to watch. I don't need to watch the Packers and the Giants. I want to watch the <laughs> Niners and the Ravens um, because that's that's must-see TV uh, for two teams as good as they are. You know, we, we could be a Super Bowl preview. Who knows? Uh, mm-hmm. NFC is wide open, and Baltimore just is mowing through everybody right now. They're just too hot. I don't think San Francisco is going to come out there and keep this under five and a half. They may not. I don't think they're losing by 35. Or you know, like what Baltimore's has been doing to people, but I still I still figure that the Ravens are at least ten points better than a San Francisco team on the road right now. They're just, just too much. Give me the Ravens. Yeah, injury news. Uh, Matt Bradis uh, scheduled to return from his ankle injury for the Forty ers uh, to go in the backfield, uh, but they will not have their pass rusher D Ford. Baltimore may not have their pass rusher Matthew Judon. He's got an ankle injury. He'll be a game time decision. Ravens have won seven in a row. They are, like you said, mowing through everybody, good teams, bad teams, uh, indifferent teams. They're just beating everybody. So this matchup is so uh, curious and interesting because I think this defense in San Francisco, more so than New England, is probably the best equipped defense in the league to match up with the Baltimore offense because of going speed for speed. Uh, Not that anyone can keep up with Lamar Jackson and with Hollywood Brown. But I think the Niners defense is the defense best, best equipped to possibly hang with them speed wise. Uh, and they can cover too, obviously what Richard Sherman and, and uh, Jimmy Ward and those guys are doing 
uh, in the secondary for San Francisco, they can actually go with the receiver, receiving core uh, and, and cover and cover those guys downfield. And what makes uh, the Ravens so unbelievable right now is you, you listen to that and you go, okay, not shut down, but maybe take away some of the speed that they have, maybe take away some of the uh, receiving options for Lamar Jackson. That Wow, that that's pretty awesome. What, what does that leave? What can Baltimore rely on? What can they still do? Oh, wait, they have this guy, Mark Ingram. They can kind of power run your ass still, and uh, the, the 49ers will give up the run. They are giving up 4.7 yards per carry this year. They can be run on, and they can be brutalized in this game. So I'm going to take the, the Ravens offense and, and their offensive coordinator uh, to, to figure out a way to kind of power run the thing and, and keep it going and keep the ball uh, and keep time of possession going. I think Mark Ingram is going to be the key. It's not going to be so much Lamar Jackson. It's not going to be so much Hollywood Brown. I believe they're going to rely on Mark Ingram and, and, and Gus uh, Edwards to, to run the ball down the 49ers' throat and win the game uh, in a low-scoring struggle that way. Uh, actually, I think it's going to be a little higher scoring uh, because I think that's how well they're going to run. I, I, I do think they're going to uh, dominate on the ground, not so much in the air, but I, I do actually have it uh, 31 to 20, so I have it a little higher scoring. Um, but I'm taking uh, the, the Ravens. I'm giving the five and a half. They have so many ways to beat you. If you can, Even if you can keep up with them speed-wise and shut them down, they can still bust you in the fucking mouth and power run your ass. And, and I think that's how they're going to do it and, and win that time of possession. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, the San Francisco 49ers on the other side of the ball, if they can get their running game going with Breida returning and joining up with Tevin Coleman, that's the other way that they could possibly do it is win the time of possession battle when they get the ball and make sure that the Ravens can't get the ball back. I just don't think they're going to be able to do that. We're talking about East Coast uh, game, one o'clock game on the East Coast, on the road. I think that's just a hard ask to to, to ask the 49ers to keep the ball and and keep it away from the Ravens right now. So, uh, yeah, the, the Ravens defense, they're very good. They're maybe not what they have been in the past and the, the Ed Reed, Ray Lewis days, but those are hall of famers, but they only, they don't have to be as good for quite as long because of the time of possession situation, because the, the Lamar Jackson and the Ravens possessed the ball so long, the Baltimore D doesn't have to make as many plays as they normally would. So that's a, a big part of them being as, as good as they are as well is just being fresher. Uh, they're, they're, Pass defense had been suffering early in the year because of their injuries, but it's, it's rebounded now. They're they're back up to 16th in the league in pass defense, which is much better than they had than they were after the first month of the year. And part of that is is being able to recover and, and not have to cover as much because of the fact that the Ravens hold on to the damn thing so long. So uh, I'm going to agree with you and take Baltimore and give the five and a half. It's so hard to pick against them right now because they're doing everything so well, but. Uh, it should be a real good one. I, I think it's still going to be a real good game to watch. All right, we'll move on from there to the Redskins and the uh, Panthers, which will not be a good game to watch. And Washington at 2-9 and nine coming off their win last week, and, and congrats to Dwayne Haskins for his first win, uh, are 10-point dogs at the 5-6 and six Carolina Panthers. This is 
we pick them all, folks, because this game yeah. doesn't register on the radar for me at all. Um, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. I looked at the matchup. I saw the spread. I made a pick. I picked the Panthers, and go. I looked at the matchup. I made a pick, and I, I said that uh, – actually, I looked at Brian Kerrigan, who actually needs to uh, – have a, a bit of an acknowledgement that he's not going to play tomorrow. And that's a 139 game streak of him making starts for the Redskins. Um, and that streak will snap tomorrow and uh, it's significant to the game, but it's just significant period because that's a, it's a hell of a streak and he should be commended for that. Uh, been a very solid player for the Redskins for a long, long time. And uh, one of my favorite defenders to watch because when he gets going on the pass rush, he's, he's really hard to stop. Uh, so no Ryan Kerrigan for Washington. Um, they're a bad team. They got killed yardage-wise by the Lions last week, even though they won the game. Um, and now they go to Carolina, who's uh, five and six and fighting for their lives and fighting for their coach, Chico Rivera. Uh, so it's not all that significant for me, but it's it's slightly more significant for, for a certain reason. I, I'm going to lock up the Panthers. Give me the Panthers and give those 10 points. I think they're going to smoke the Redskins because the Redskins are trash. On to the Titans and the Colts in AFC South action. And they're both 6-5 and five and they're both uh, part of that crew in, in, that, in that division battling for it all and battling for a wild card as well. And, and it's, it's – Anybody, go, anything goes. Anybody can win that division. All four teams are are the same, and and we've talked about that division a lot. Uh, Titans are a one point underdog at the Colts, so basically a pick. I'm gonna go ahead, and I'm actually gonna take the Titans here. I know this is a spread that's basically a pick 'em, but I'm watching a Colts team that feels like it's going through a bit of a regression here. Jacoby Brissett's been not what he was at the beginning of the season, and I think Tennessee has sort of figured it out with what that offense needs to be after the benching of Marcus Mariota and going to Ryan Tannehill. And that offense is a whole lot of Derrick Henry. I think they've figured it out. So I think we're going to see an offense geared around pounding the rock, which is what it should have been all along. This should have been a running team all season. Uh, They had no identity. And then even in the first week or two after the benching and they went to Tannehill, that's just like, well, you didn't really get a sense of what that Titans offense was all going to look like. But I think the more they feed the ball to Derrick Henry, the more that, more that Tannehill is able to get the ball out to his wideouts. Uh, yes, I know uh, Delaney Walker, I injured reserve. He's gone for the rest of the year. But I still think that they uh, can move the ball around on the perimeter. And I, I just in Tennessee's secondary, it's a, it's a, this is a team that's okay. They're, they're good enough on defense, I think, to go on the road and stymie the, uh, stymie the Colts, who I think are in a bit of a downward spiral right now. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Titans to spring the minor upset in Indy. You can't get more minor than a one-point upset. Minor. Minor <laughs> upset. They don't do half points. Uh, uh, just under, <laughs> half point they, spread. That would be something. Right. They, under under one point. <laughs> team team uh, figure by a half a point. That that would be pretty funny, actually, if they did do that. Um, in week two, the the uh, Colts went to Nashville and knocked off the Titans 19 to 17 behind Jacoby Brissett and Marlon Mack. Uh, the Colts ran for 167 yards as a team uh, on Tennessee in that game, but Marlon Mack is hurt. He will not play in this game. T.Y. Hilton is once again hurt and he will not play in this game. This would actually be so 
Tennessee. I don't have a that's so Titans drop, but this would be so uh, Tennessee for uh, for them to be playing such great football since the quarterback change and then find a way to go lose to Indy without T.Y. Hilton and without Marlon Mack. I'm not going to predict that to happen. I'm going to predict them to go into Indy and, and get the win. I don't feel all that great about it, but I will take Tennessee and, and, and give and, and, and will actually take the one point. Um, yeah, they're, they're playing. It's not just the running either. It's uh, the running is up and the passing is up. It's so much, uh, it's so easy to overlook how much of a difference having Ryan Tannehill is over Marcus Mariota, not because Tannehill is such a great quarterback, but because that's how bad Marcus Mariota had been playing. Tannehill has been a major upgrade to this point uh, and not by doing much of anything special, just by being competent. That's all that, that's right. all it takes. Just, just be competent. I remember uh, when they made the switch, I had made the comment that, you know, for fantasy purposes, that Titans wide receivers may become relevant again. And you're actually starting to see, Corey Davis and Ty J Sharp, and you're starting to see these guys showing up in the box scores and making actual contributions to the offense. And when Marcus Mariota was quarterbacking for that team, all the Titans wide receivers could have just been on milk cartons. Correct. I and, may have and, picked up. I may have picked oh, up AJ Brown in my fantasy league. Oh so, boy! Yeah. Again, KOD. On to late afternoon action. It is the Rams and the Cardinals. This one's got the big mystery behind it. Kyler Murray has a hamstring injury, and yeah. it's completely uh, up in the air whether he's going to be able to to play. Um, this is uh, – I'm not on your uh, level of disdain for social media and, and all the evils that it could bring, but this is one of those situations where – um, I, I can see some of the downfalls of it because I, you, if you go on Twitter and search for Kyler Murray, you know what you're going to see? A whole shitload of people tweeting at Kyler Murray and asking him, is he going to play because they need to set their fantasy lineups. And it's like, <laughs> dude, nobody gives a motherfucking goddamn about your fantasy team, especially the actual player himself. You think he's got any time at all to worry about that and message you back and, hey, Kyler, you got to play or not? I got to set my lineup to – shut up. Get the hell out of here. God. I'm trying to find news about the guy that I can't find anything because I got to wade through all these tweets of these, these jackasses trying to ask him he's going to play. Anyway, uh, that appears to be completely up in the air at the moment. Um, no Gerald Everett for the Rams. Uh, he's definitely out. Mean, none, nonetheless, the Rams are still favored uh, at six and five, trying to fight for their playoff lives. Uh, LA is a, a three-point favorite on the road at the three-seven and one Cardinals. Yeah, I just have no idea. I, I have not. I don't know what to make of this Rams team. They just fluster and confuse me. Uh, whole how the mighty have fallen since that NFC Championship game. This has not been the same offense. This hasn't been the same Jared Goff. They show some flashes. I just don't know what to make of them. Their defense got utterly embarrassed, but I understand Baltimore is embarrassing a lot of people right now, but that's the best you could do at home against Baltimore. That's the best Wade Phillips could come up with. Oof, that, that's not good. I'm going to put a contingency pick on this. Kyler Murray plays, Cardinals win. Mm. If he doesn't play, Rams win. So I'm going to put a contingency on this one. All right, since uh, he appears, I, I, I really can't even put a finger on whether he's going to play or not. 
But since I haven't seen anything to rule them out, I'm going to put that as Arizona for you with the star for the uh, for the contingency. Yes. So we'll we'll see how that flips around tomorrow. Um, I'm going to uh, hold my nose and take the Rams, regardless of whether Kyler Murray plays or not, because uh, again the, the the contingency of weapons should be back for uh, Jared Goff. The the receivers came back last week for him. Maybe they need a week to get the rust off or what have you. Uh, but they're playing the worst team in, in uh, football, the worst pass defense, rather, in football in the Arizona Cardinals. So if Jared Goff doesn't get it going uh, uh, under those circumstances, I don't think he's going to get it going at all this year. So uh, one more time to trust uh, the L.A. Rams, uh, even though they haven't done anything to to engender any trust. They're they're just not good this year. But uh, Arizona, their their quarterbacks beat up, and that that's my other thing is if Kyler Murray does play, he's got a hamstring, so that would theoretically mean he's going to be very limited in taking off and running, and that's been a huge part of his game. That's in my opinion, that's why he's looked like he's got some potential this year is how dangerous he is breaking the pocket and breaking contain and getting big yards with his feet. But if, if that's something that's going to be hampered tomorrow, then it's just going to be him depending on him and his arm. Uh, he's whatever he's going to want to be. He's not that good yet to just depend on his arm uh, in my opinion. So uh, I'll go with the, the Rams and give the three, the Oakland Raiders and the Kansas city chiefs in hot AFC West action. And good God, I, I, I need Murga to die because if they win this game and they're tied now in the standings with the Chiefs, if that happens, oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, in week two, if you can remember back that far, Kansas City went out to Oakland and won 28-10 to 10 behind one of the uh, more magical second quarters you'll ever see because they got all 28 of those points in the second quarter on four Pat Mahomes touchdown throws, and he wound up with uh, 443 yards total in that game. Uh, in this one, the Raiders at six and five, despite being only one game behind the Chiefs and, and, and a playoff contender and all that noise that they were getting last week, uh, biggest spread of the week. Raiders are eleven point underdogs at the seven and four Chiefs. Yeah, over the last two weeks here, we've seen the Raiders look unimpressive and not cover a number at home against the Bengals, and then go out to New York and get blowed out by the Jets. So I can, I can understand this. I can understand that the Reese, what the trends are that, you know, for all of the compliments that we gave Murga and the Raiders and for how hard they were fighting, you can start to see that this, this was only going to go so far for them. And now they're going outdoors into one of the hardest places in football to play. I think they're going to be overmatched. Patrick Mahomes lights these guys up. I'm you want it to end. I think this is the end. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Chiefs, give the points. I think the Raiders' decline is in full effect. Uh, no Damian Williams at running back for the Chiefs, so they'll be relying on old man Sheedy McCoy. Uh, yeah, that's about all my uh, analysis. Is Please be the death of Murga. I will take uh, Kansas City squish and keep my fingers crossed and, and hope and pray because I do not want to hear anything else about the Oakland Raiders uh, as a quality team the whole rest of the year. I, I hope they completely spit up all over themselves uh, again for the second week in a row. On to the Clippers and the Broncos, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, at four and seven and the Denver Broncos at three and eight. And they're just playing out the string at this point. Uh, the Clippers are three and a half point underdog at, uh, I'm sorry, favorite. Let me, 
make sure I get that correct and on the record. The Los Angeles Chargers are three and a half point favorites uh, at the three and eight Denver Broncos. Unfortunately, Phillip Rivers is playing the Broncos defense, which is still pretty good. And the way Phillip Rivers has been throwing the football around, not to his own guys, he's completing a lot of passes. He's just not completing them to actual Chargers. He's completing them to opponents. I don't think that bodes well for the Chargers here. This is a, this team is just, it's off the rails for the Chargers. This was a team that went to the playoffs, looked good in the playoffs last year, probably had some lofty expectations. I don't even think any, I don't think anybody expected it to go this far south. Like that team has just come, it's almost impossible to figure out. I don't know what Anthony Lynn's doing over there, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Broncos here. Just give me the points. Give me the win. I'm going to take the Broncos, and uh, Phillip Rivers probably throws three more picks. <laughs> I, I really had no idea about this pick uh, when I sat down with it. So, uh, here, whatever my pick is at the end, I'll just spit out all the information for all of you uh, trying to figure out where you, which way you're going to go, and you can make a decision yourself. So, week five, Denver uh, went to the, the soccer stadium and beat the Chargers 20-13. to 13. Uh, Denver rushed for uh, 191 yards over the Chargers in that game. They beat them 191 to 35 on the ground. So maybe another similar uh, whooping like that, running the ball. But maybe not because safety help is coming for the Chargers in the form of Derwin James and Adrian Phillips coming back from injury. Uh, Of course, on the other side, it looks like maybe Drew Locke will be debuting and, and uh, starting for the Denver Broncos at quarterback. He's taken all the first-team reps uh, in practice. Uh, Von Miller has a knee. He has not been practicing. Uh, he looks like he's on the wrong side of, of questionable for this game tomorrow. Um, I, I, it, I don't know. It felt like the, the Chargers could have some pride and, and sort of show up and blast Drew Locke and say, oh, you want to start a rookie quarterback against us? You think we're that bad? Okay, well, here's what we're going to do to him. Uh, but how can you trust that the Chargers are going to do that? So at the end, I'm I'm looking at that hook and I'm saying uh, I'm going to take the the Broncos with the hook because it feels like they could lose that game by three. So <laughs> that's that's all I okay. got. I'll, I'll just take the <laughs> hook. I'll I'll agree with you and take that hook. All right, Sunday night football. Yes, Sunday night football much better game is the New England Patriots and the Houston Texans. New England just keeps rolling along. They're 10 and one. They've got some really ugly peripheral numbers and they just keep winning. It just doesn't matter. Uh, And they are three point favorites in this game at Deshaun Watson and the seven and four Texans. Yeah. Deshaun Watson usually uh, plays up to the level of his competition here. And I don't expect this to be any different. I, I know the Patriots, they have all the press, they have all the run they have Tom Brady, Tommy's goat. They have everything, but what they're not going to be able to have at Reliance Stadium is rain or snow. Uh, although, knowing the Patriots, it'll find a way to rain all over the, the Houston Texans in the Dome so that the Patriots <laughs> can uh, turn this into a 13-12 you know, to 12 game. Uh, I think this is going to probably be a little bit more of a track meet for that Houston offense. I think Patriots get exposed here again, and I think that the Texans uh, outclass the Patriots here and uh, run away with the win. I, I, I don't, I, I, you know, you know, I think you and I are both on record that the Patriots look like a bit of, you know, they're, they're winning this on coaching and guile and circumstance. 
And, you know, like we just knew it was going to be a torrential downpour last week against Dallas that was going to, you know, cause that game to basically grind to a halt. Uh, Houston can play up tempo. I think they're going to expose this Patriots defense a little bit on national TV. And Deshaun Watson's going to have one of those Deshaun Watson kind of games. I'm going to go ahead and take the Texans to straight up win the game. 17 players listed as questionable on the Patriots injury report. Um, I, I, it's Bill Belichick. I, and actually, I think through the years, maybe you can sort of tell which teams kind of scare him or, or put a, a bit of a, a fear into him when he sends out an injury report that long. There's supposed, supposed to be some illness in the Patriots locker room that maybe had something to do with that or whatever. Um, it is just stupid what he what he does with the uh, with the injury reports, and so you see that, and you, you maybe don't pay attention, and it gets buried that one of their starting cornerbacks, Jason McCourty, is not on the questionable report. He's out. He's just not going to play, and that's that that's a big deal uh, when you talk about losing a starting cornerback. Both McCourties have been so good so far this year. Um, Muhammad Sanu and Philip Dorsett should return in the wide receiver core for the Patriots uh, to join their, their new star in Keel Harry with the touchdown last week. Um, that, that, that offense is still not very good. Um, you know how I feel. You, you just referenced it. Paper champions. And here's the thing about this matchup. The old Tom Brady could take advantage of the Houston secondary without J.J. Watt. And he could do some things because he wouldn't have the pressure. Uh, it, this isn't the old Brady. He, he can't get the ball downfield, not you know, not like he used to. Uh, and, and I think uh, the, the the Houston defense will not have to worry so much. You, you get these receivers back, but you know that Tom Brady can't go you know more than fifteen twenty yards down the field, so you don't have to worry about uh, any big bombs unless they run some more trick plays and have. Sanu or Julian Edelman throw the deep ball for him. I don't know. Um, on the other side, the New England D will force Deshaun Watson into some miseries. We know this. But I think if he torches them on the plays that he has, if he just doesn't panic and hold the ball too long, if he takes the plays that are in front of him and lights them up on those plays, that should be enough to win the game. If he throws three touchdown passes and they run for a couple more, then it doesn't matter how many other misreads or, or misplays that he makes. Uh, just take advantage of what's there, uh, what's in front of you. So I'm going to concur with you that they can do that. Just take advantage of, of what they have. Take advantage of the missing cornerback, um, and, and New Hopkins can go up for a couple touchdowns uh, in the back of the end zone. Um, and, and I think Houston is, is – I don't know if they're much the better team, but in this spot at home, uh, I concur. I think Houston should win this game. Of course, I would think that Patriots are paper champions. I've been saying it all year. And Monday Night Football will be a good one. The Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks uh, are embroiled in a uh, wild card battle, but obviously both still within striking distance of their respective divisions. Uh, Vikings coming off a bye at 8-3, and three, get the cop-out line, three-point underdogs at the 9-2 and two Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I, mean, like, I like this big game, lots of playoff implications, mostly seeding implications, um, but you do have issues here where you have two teams that are both still contending for a division title. Uh, this game looms even larger for the Seahawks should the uh, 
Ravens uh, 49ers game go against the Niners, and now the Seahawks would be in a prime position to uh, possibly jump into a first-place tie. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how that all goes down. Um, you know me and Kirk Cousins, it's prime <laughs> time. It's Kirk Cousins against a winning team. I'm surprised I didn't lock this up. <laughs> but I'm even more surprised too. because I took the Vikings to win. Whoa. I'm not that impressed with the Seattle Seahawks. We want to talk about teams that I mean, you look at the record and go, mm, really? I mean, they've had some nice wins. And, yeah, Russell, Russell, Wilson, Russell Wilson just keeps getting it done and making it happen. But I think that the fear of Kirk Cousins coming from the Vikings coaching and Mike Zimmer means that they're going to just be dedicated to running the ball and play action. And there isn't a better play action team in the NFL than – the Minnesota Vikings. I think they'll be able to run the ball, set up the run, lull the Seahawks into that little false sense of security, and Kirk Cousins is going to be able to be effective with the deep balls, go to digs. Uh, Thielen looks to be back. I actually I can't believe I did it when I clicked it and when I made my pick on pick watch, but I picked the Vikings, and if I lose this pick, I got nobody to blame but myself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're going 100% against your hard and fast rule of, are the Vikings playing a winning team? Yes. Therefore, go with the winning team. And especially a team that's as historically great at home as the Seattle Seahawks are, although they're not so great this year. They're, both of their losses are at home this season. So uh, maybe there's a method to your madness there. Um I'll say this. I don't want to sound like a cop-out artist at all. I, I, I think this is going to be a really good game. I, I can't wait to watch it on Monday night. I got Seattle winning by three. I got pushy. Uh, I, I'm not trying to straddle this thing. Yeah, I, I do. So I had to pick one side or the other. And with your voice echoing in my head the whole time about it's Seattle at home, it's Kirk Cousins against a winning team. Uh, and he's on the road. You got to be kidding me. Uh, I'm going to err on the side of Seattle, not just because of that, but because Russell Wilson is playing some of the smartest quarterback uh, in in football in in uh, years. Uh, it feels like every game I watch, every decision he makes is the right one. Uh, even throwing it away, uh, going downfield, it just feels like everything he's doing right now is, is the right thing to do. So I'm going to err on the side uh, of of Russell Wilson and go with the Seahawks. More on our after show when we come back. And now into our VIP after show program. Yeah, you definitely threw a curveball on that one. I just, I had you, I had Seattle uh, typed in, I had to backspace it because I just knew you were going with the Seahawks <laughs> over uh, Kirk yeah, I was wondering. I was wondering on that one because I didn't. I don't know if I shocked me or you more with that pick. I think you shocked me more. I, I really do. Yeah, when you've actually you're looking at the games, you're like, oh wait, it's the cousins corollary. Yeah, is he playing a winning team? Yes. <laughs> and, you yeah, put that on the prime board. Time. Prime time, Kirk Cousins against a winning team. That's probably even worse than his just normal against a winning team record. But I've, I've got a weird feeling. I actually think, even though Kirk Cousins has shown us it doesn't matter what the talent on, I think the Vikings are the better team. 
And don't forget the Seahawks team lost twice at home, and they almost they damn near lost to the Bengals at home. They they did. So yeah, uh, I, 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 yeah. obviously. Yeah, obviously I got the Vikings being right there if I got them only losing by three, so I, yeah. I can't be too uh, surprised. Or uh, I'll give my thoughts on why I think the Vikings could keep it close. Uh, they're coming off the bye. Uh, Dalvin Cook, who spent the first two months of the year running over everybody and, and looking like he could be in that proverbial MVP conversation. We have these conversations uh, floating out in space. Um, but he was playing some great football, and he fell off the last few weeks. Uh, he might have just been running on E and getting tired and maybe needed that bye. Uh, Minnesota, of course, with that very late bye just last week. So I'm thinking he can come back and, and be refreshed and do some damage on the ground for the Vikings, setting up that play action as you were talking about. Seattle uh, is giving up four and a half yards on the ground per carry. Uh, so I think he can make a difference and, and do some things on the ground for Minnesota to set up Kirk Cousins. Uh, you said Adam Thielen is uh, supposed to return as well. Um, yeah, I think they can uh, go toe-to-toe for uh, for a while for, with the Seahawks and go all the way down to the end and, and make the Seahawks maybe kick a game-winning field goal to break a tie. Uh, so I can see something like that happening. Uh, but I'm going to err on the side of Seattle, like I said, because of how smart Russell Wilson has been playing. Uh when when you study these uh, numbers like I do, the the yards per attempt and the rankings uh, in the league, uh, what I've always noticed through the years is, and I went on about this last year, I remember on a show, about the Seahawks specifically have always had it where they had their running at a, at a very high level, at a, at a very high ranking, and then their passing was always at a, a very, very high yards per attempt ranking, but their passing just yardage ranking was always sort of low in the twenties because they ran so much that they just ran, 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 and then sprung Russell Wilson for the play action, uh, the patented rust bomb that I like to call it. Uh, So they weren't uh, concerned so much with volume or or racking up a whole lot of yards. They just wanted to, to kill you when they had a shot. They wanted to set you up so they could take their big shot and stab you in the heart with the big play. They didn't need uh, Russell Wilson to throw 30 times or whatnot. And they're sort of doing both this year. They're running the ball very effectively. They're sixth in the league and rushing. Uh, and they're also getting Russell Wilson because he's making such great decisions. They're, they're sort of trusting and allowing him to throw the ball more than he normally does. Uh, and maybe that's also a change in, in offensive coordinator with Daryl Bevel out. That might have something to do with it as well. So Seattle right now is ranking 11th in the league in passing the ball and 6th in the league in running the ball. And Russell Wilson is still keeping that passing high as far as yards per throw. He's still at eight at 8.3 yards per throw. And if I give a cursory look over my sheet and see where that ranks in the league, I think that might be – oh, it's a second to uh, Pat – Mahomes, no, a third. Pat Mahomes is at 8.4. The Chiefs uh, as a team, I should say, um, are at 8.4 yards per throw. And actually your 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 guy, Cousins and the Vikings are at 8.6. So uh, maybe slapping all of that in the face and, and throwing it out the window uh, is, is the fact that Minnesota is actually higher in yards per throw um, tied with, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. 
But uh, my point being that Seattle is throwing more and, and trusting Russell Wilson more than they normally do, and he's still keeping a high level of play and a, and a high number of yards per throw while still uh, making very smart decisions and, and not throwing the ball to the other team, except for that one throw in overtime that should have lost in the game a few weeks ago. Uh, but, but that's why I'm going on the side of Seattle, even though I can smell it being a push. That was a yeah. I was about to say that was an awfully long explanation for a game that you have pushing. <laughs> it, it's dense. It's a it's a lot of uh, stuff going on in that game that I, it's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, even though I feel like it's going to be a push. Okay, well that's good. It's going to be a good game. There's a lot of, you know, in in between all the garbage, there's a lot of good games this week. Um, you know, there's marquee matchups. It's not just good games. It's important games. It's games that really matter towards. You know, people winning divisions, teams fighting for you know something. Even even the game that's not that great out of all of those that would be Casey Oakland isn't a good game, but it's important. Very, very, very important to, to put Murger down and make him. Oh God! Again, I cannot imagine if Oakland wins that game and they're tied at the top of the AFC West going yeah. into the last four weeks of the season. It's like that. That's just that's so wrong on so many levels. Yeah, especially considering that, you know, it's starting to look less likely that the Raiders uh, are going to be a wild card. You know, especially with the, and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are clearly the better team. I, I think the Chiefs at this point should not have the record that they have. They have massively underachieved. And I think everyone agrees, and that's why that's the biggest spread on the board this week. Which is funny. <laughs> that you right, have so. a team with a winning record that big of an underdog on the road but we just watched the Raiders go out as a favorite to the Jets and get annihilated. Right. The game in which the team that wins has the control of the division or is in first place in the division, but yeah. it's the biggest spread of the week. So show oh, yeah. how much people uh, respect, uh, respect the Oakland Raiders, which is to say not very much. So uh, unless there's a, a big conflict, I'm probably looking at Friday this next week. Oh, okay. Um, promised the kids some stuff, so I'll be doing some stuff next week uh, that would probably that would lend me to do a Friday show. All right, which would be and Friday, yeah, uh, December the sixth. That's right. I, and I was meant to do this before the, sh- the show started, but I was going to look at the schedule to see when were when were the Saturday games coming up. Uh, you know, late in the season they have those uh, Saturday. Oh, games. right. I think that's only week we, 16 and 17. Uh, looks like they're not doing it at all this year. I don't know. At all. Uh, so not even. Yeah. Sometimes they have those weeks where, you know, Christmas yeah. is on a certain day and they, they don't want to, uh, I, I don't exactly know why, but yeah, they, they're not doing that this year. They're having all the games uh, week 16 are on, uh, Sunday, except okay. for a Monday nighter, and then week seventeen, all the games are on, of course, on Sunday. So. Uh, no, yeah, it's week sixteen. Yeah, week sixteen. It looks like we have two Saturday games. If I'm looking at this right. Oh, okay, I'm the schedule I'm looking at has uh, twelve twenty one, uh, which is a Saturday. Uh, yes, so December twenty first, we actually have uh, Houston Tampa. And L.A. San Francisco Rams uh, Rams Niners on Saturday, 
week 16. Oh, okay. There's no Thursday game that week. Right. Oh, and we have a third game. Uh, Buffalo, New England is also on the 21st. So we actually have a triple header on that Saturday. Okay. Yeah. What I was doing was I was looking at an old schedule. They hadn't, ah. those are all games that they had to flex. Uh, they, they didn't know what okay. the games were going to be on week 16. They hadn't flexed them in yet. Yeah. So it so was showing me all 16, those games are on Sunday. So week 16 for sure for us will probably be a Friday week. Right. So yeah. So, but the, other than that, uh, other than this Friday coming up and then the 20th, um, would be so yeah so we're gonna do a Friday then Saturday then a Friday then a Saturday <laughs> to round out the season here. That's what it looks like. And then Fridays, uh, obviously going into the first two rounds of the playoffs because we'll have some more Saturday football. Right. So we'll be, we're, we're going to be on more Fridays than not coming down the pike here. And then the Friday shows you have to have them late. Ten, yeah, ten. Okay. All right, so that's what it looks like next weekend is uh, back to the two-hour football party on Friday, December the 6th at 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, that's that's what it'll be. I wanted to get that in there because I, I, I don't know how much more I uh, how much more I got tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, this is I I always cut the after show mm-hmm. short here right after the Black Friday weekend. I think that's well established on this show. Um, yeah, you earned you it. Know. I've earned, yeah, I, I, I'm, it's, I'm not sure what my work situation is going to be tomorrow. Um, looking like we're going to be waking up to a pretty hefty snowstorm here on top of some ice. And, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be making the trip in, um, or if it's going to be required of me. I'm hoping not, but you know, these storms have a way of suddenly falling apart or the major snow bands move away and the roads are all plowed and clear and I can go to work in the morning and try to make a living. Um, but the way it's setting up right now, and they keep upping our snowfall totals, uh, we were originally, you know, four to six, then we're six to eight, now we're 10 to 12. So that's a lot of snow. A lot of snow on top and, of the ice. Uh, I also uh, would need uh, would want to take off because uh, I may have to be up shoveling that in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Which is even more fun. Just did it three days ago. We had a snowstorm on Wednesday uh, where we got probably a good six to eight inches of snow already. So this is the second dump in five days that we're looking at right now. Yeah, this would not be the good time for me to let you guys know that it was 67 degrees down here uh, today in Memphis. Yeah, yeah, no, probably not the best. As I'm <laughs> driving home, as I'm car is literally skating home on ice yeah i don't know how you guys do it up there i really don't it's not not that much it's just it's like chicago it's not that much different i mean it's a little bit more but we dealt with it for most of our lives you for longer than me down there yeah but to me it's it's significantly more it seems like you guys are getting a a foot long a foot snowstorm every year at some points it depends well, on we what number. Last year we had so many. We had last year from, you know, last year was the month of February. Uh, we shattered our full month of February snowfall total by 12 days into the month, where we <laughs> I believe the official number was over a six-week period. We had almost 100 inches of snow, so we got all of our snow at one time. Oof. It was up until about the 
end of January, going into the first of February, we'd hardly had any snow. We were thinking, oh, this is an easy winter. And then all of a sudden, it was just <laughs> bam. And it was like every three or four days, every three or four days, we were getting eight to 10, eight to 12. One of them was 18 inches. I mean, it just kept Jeez. coming. And it was just, it was just like a train, you know, whatever was going on in the atmosphere, it was just one after the other, after the other, just rolling on through. And we, we had no place to put it. We had literally no place to put the snow. Yeah. I, that's Good. what I remember about the, uh, the Chicago snowstorm, the two footer yeah. right before I moved down was that uh, you didn't have anywhere to put all that snow. Just you, you, got it out the street as best you could and then you basically piled it up on the sidewalk uh because you didn't have anywhere else you could put it so yeah and when i came back up there to chicago uh like it was still there like in in uh right in you know april or may uh when i when i finally did move what when was that 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 you moved me was that the middle of oh, may oh my god that was two what two weeks before my wedding oh it was okay it was, so it was before may um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Late, late April. Yeah, I think it was really. I think it was literally two weeks before my wedding. Mm-hmm. And that that and snowfall from February was right still there. The yeah. Yep, and then all that snow from uh, from February, from the, the the two feet of snow in February, a lot of it was still was still out there. But in yeah. April, two months later, um, and it's still the most tired I have ever been in my life certainly i can i can only imagine um yeah that's and and i was doing a little bit of flashing back um just because of listening to a a great podcast um that's uh, called hit parade uh hosted by chris malanfi and he uh usually goes back and and dissects like one song or one uh, artist and and their group of number one songs um, and his uh, episode that he just released, I think yesterday, and I was listening to it today. It was, it's all about the, the the 2010s and all the 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 hit songs on the charts for this decade that's about to to end, coming up at the end of of December. Uh, and it was uh, it, it took me by surprise how uh, almost emotional that I got listening to this music because I didn't really imagine it was going to be that kind of uh, feeling listening back to music about the 2010s because music in the 2010s, uh, when you think about it, it's kind of like, eh, it was, was anything really that great or whatever? Uh, and, you know, just sitting down thinking about it. But then when you hear it and you hear some of the songs and you realize that this was really, I was telling my wife when I got home, it, it's our decade. It's when we got married is when I moved down here. And then for you, it's it's your decade too. It's when you got married, of course. Same year that we yep. did, uh, so you probably would uh, experience a little bit of the same feelings of hearing some of those songs to remind you of, you know, eight years ago when you when you got married and oh, and, sure. and you and you oh, had kids, kids and up. all that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they my daughter, Frozen my daughter, and... now old enough that she's got her own access to her own little. She's got her profile on my Spotify account, and she's got her own playlist and her music that she likes, and yeah, you know, my daughter will just sit there and play music and put her headphones on and sing and yeah. So I, I was surprised when I was listening back, like, Oh, I remember that song. That was at Jason's wedding. I, I didn't know the name of it, but it was one of the, you know, all the, the dance songs that your DJ played. Sure. And, 
you know, that, that, that brought me back to that and some of the other songs that I heard on the radio driving around when I first moved down here, driving my wife's Toyota Corolla and tooling around the city and getting acclimated. And yeah, it's, uh, th- this was our decade. This, this was, really was, you know, our, our time. You know, we, we, we grew up. We became men. So it, 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 Now we're really men because we're 40. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. We, the decade <laughs> that we became completely men. <laughs> that's right. Real men. Uh, yeah, all of that. So it, it, it was it was kind of surprising that you know when I when I listened to some of those songs and thought about that, but yeah, all of that happened. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm forty. That that happened. You know. The, like I said, the birth of your kids, and they they played the they played Frozen, they played you know some Elsa's uh, that made me think uh, oh, yeah. think of training. Yeah, taking and, uh, taking the kids on Tuesday, me and the wife and the kids are taking them to see Frozen two. Ah, uh, they they came out with a second one. Oh boy, is that going to make a, a shit ton of money, huh? So. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's no doubt. <laughs> there, there's no doubt. It doesn't even have to be good. After what right. the, after the success of the first one, they could have just slapped exactly. anything together. But what from I've heard, it's been pretty good. It, it's got it's been received well. So they didn't just slap some shit together and put Frozen on the title and go, "Give us your money." <laughs> but that's they what, that's called Star Wars right now. <laughs> that's what they've done with Star uh, Wars. Be interesting when I you, next time we get uh, when we get to Dave the movie expert and I can I can give I can get into his ear about the uh, the sad state of Star Wars uh, to see except for the TV the TV show that just came out because yeah, we of course got the Disney Plus so there's an actual live action Star Wars TV show which is uh, the best uh, made Star Wars thing I've seen in a, a long time so it'll be interesting to get his perspective once we get Dave the movie expert back on uh, around uh, Oscars time. Yep. Tell us about the mm-hmm. movies that we didn't watch. <laughs> and it's Oscar season, so those movies are starting to come out now. Not that I know anything about them because they hardly get any publicity. Yeah, which is so disingenuous that they, that they just right. dump a movie, you know, God. Right before the deadline, right, up, right under the wire. Yeah, it's going to come out two days before the deadline – 18 people are going to see it and it's going to win best oh, picture. It's an Oscar Oscar worthy. It's an Oscar movie. Best yeah. movie of the year. <laughs> best Did you movie see of the it? Year no. You didn't even know it came out. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> We're actually going to release Was it last year? We're going to release it on Netflix and play it in like five theaters. <laughs> right. and, and, and that makes it uh, a qualifier. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, I, I guess that's about uh, that's about all we have for this evening. Uh, like you, you earned your right to yeah. get out. And I'll bring you, the energy you, next week. I it just, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You, you, you did, you did great this week. Thank so. you. I, I held it together. I didn't have a lot of stunning insights. This was a week where I just, I really rifled through these picks. I felt good about them. I didn't go back on any of them and waffle like, eh, should I change this one? Because the week I did do that, I regretted it. No, I, I stuck to it this week, and I had a plan, so I'm feeling good. Let me count up real quick before you leave how many were different on. Um, it's like four, five. Five. So that's five, uh, unless uh, Kyler Murray is out, and then we'll be agreeing on the Rams. So that would make it only Got four. It. Got it. Got it. So I could tie you 
Uh, oh gosh. I need to get some back. I've already got one back this week, so I already I like those weeks. You know, it's like winning a Thursday night pick, starting the week one up. I'm two wins up for the week. I'm uh, not two and one. I mean, you know, and you got one win up. So don't get yeah, greedy. We'll, you're, you're trying to get it all back. No, don't I don't want it all back. Now. If I can cut this in half and get it down to two, I'll be perfectly happy. Because then you just mm. the little beads of sweat start forming. Uh, I'll get even less sleep than I'm, than I'm already getting. <laughs> All right. So so that'll uh that that'll do it. We're done. Yeah. I'm All right. I'm ready. Now I'm done. <laughs> See, I had that queued up and then you said that and now I gotta go back. Now I'm done. All right. Now it's official. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy your football tomorrow. Some really good games and of course ending on Monday night. And we will be back here Friday night, December the 6th, to recap week 13 and make our picks for week 14 in the NFL as the season rolls on and starts to come down to that last month. So we've got December football coming up next weekend. Everybody enjoy your football tomorrow, and we'll talk to you next Friday night. <laughs>